actor, director, race car driver, and entrepreneur. To some, this may sound like a character of fiction, but these are some of the different hats worn by actor Paul Newman. Outside of his face on a bottle of salad dressing, Paul's story is unique, complicated, interesting, inspiring nonetheless. So how much do you actually know about Newman's own, or even the man behind the bottle? Maintaining a work-life balance keeps getting harder, but it doesn't have to. This is The Big Balance, a podcast for anyone struggling to stay ahead or even just keep up with work, life, and everything in between. Join us each week for practical advice you can actually apply to get a little sanity back in your day. A few episodes back, Brian and I took a look at some stories from those under conservatorship, and I really enjoyed the narrative angle to that episode. So today I ask you to join me as we take a look at one of Hollywood's most unique stars, Paul Newman. Unfortunately, I won't be joined by Brian today, but that's all right, because I think the story of Paul is one that we can examine together, you and me, the listener. Pardon the lack of witty banner, though. I don't know if I'm as brave as Brian to be joined by other John. And if you don't know that reference, after this episode, check out episode 28, Portugal's Work From Home Protections, where Brian was joined by his alter ego, Batman. I mean, I mean, other Brian. But back to the topic on hand. I don't know if this is a generational thing here, but I always knew of Paul Newman, but never really knew much about him. Just basic things like he's an actor. I saw his face at the grocery store, and he was like the leading man type in Hollywood. And for those of you wondering, yes, this episode did come to me while I was in the grocery store. One of the first thoughts when planning this was, how did he ever get into the salad dressing and condiment business? Well, dear listener, join me as we learn a little bit about Paul Newman together. On this pod, we tend to wax philosophical every so often, encouraging you to follow that passion project or setting boundaries for yourself or even finding some ways to get back some time in our day. But we often fail to take our own advice and end up struggling to find time for our passion projects or our side hustles or even self-care. Fully aware that fame, money, good fortune, they can all grant you the luxury to do more than the average American. But today, let's look at someone who wasn't an average American by any means but that doesn't mean we can't take some pointers from them. Let's look at Paul Newman's various and eclectic passions, and maybe we'll all walk away feeling a little inspired. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm in a position to advise on how to be classically handsome as Paul Newman, so I guess I'll get out in front of it. Good looks can make life a lot easier. I'm fully aware of that. How do you think I have had life come so easy to me? And if this was a visual medium, I'm sure you would find that joke a lot funnier. Anyways, I digress. I'm sure almost all of these celebrity bios, you always hear, he was interested in insert your art of choice from a young age. Well, Paul Newman was no different. He showed interest in acting at a young age and did some local productions. By the time he had gotten to college, from what I can tell, nothing more than maybe a local success. He had a brief stint at Ohio University before serving in the Navy in World War II. 
He served uh, in the Pacific Theater and wanted to be a pilot, but was unable to finish the program due to colorblindness. Side note, this reminds me of that scene from Little Miss Sunshine where Paul Dano's character freaks out because he realizes he's colorblind and he can't be a pilot. I can only speculate, but I wonder if this was a huge blow to Paul as it was to Paul Dano's character in that movie. Anyway, he actually saw some good luck, and due to an earache from a pilot, it spared him from having to travel to Bunker Hill where, during the Battle of Okinawa, a kamikaze killed some of his unit mates. Um, He was actually grounded while that happened, so he wasn't on the island. Brian's described luck as something akin to being prepared when opportunity strikes, but I don't know in this case, I think that's just luck. Unless Paul caused that earache, we can just call that fate. It's after his service that he moved to New York to study acting under Lee Strasberg. I don't know why, but I thought it was interesting that while he was studying in New York, he was living in Staten Island. I don't know, but I feel like Staten Island gets dumped on by folks from the city. If there's any reason why, other than they just have to take a ferry or a bridge or whatever to get into the city proper, I'd be interested to hear. In any event, he started in New York and eventually started to get some roles in film. For the sake of our conversation today, though, I don't want to dedicate too much time to his acting career because, to be honest, I think that's where the majority of folks recognize Paul Newman from. Nah, not me. Today we're looking at the other facets of his person. But you can't make PB&J without peanut butter, and Paul's peanut butter was his acting. And let me know if that's one of the best or worst analogies you've ever heard. Shoot, maybe we are a food pod after all. But Paul's acting opened up doors for him that folks like you and me probably wouldn't even be able to get into the same building. Example number one, Paul was a successful race car driver. I'm also going to call out that I don't know if he was successful by any metric other than the fact that he competed and, and came, you know, was on winning teams, but he did compete and complete in, wait for it, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. For those of you who don't know, that's a race that, like its name implies, runs over the course of 24 hours. Paul was one of the drivers on the second place finishing team, um, and this was in 1979, so Paul had already been a world-famous actor, but I guess that wasn't enough for him. Uh, he found a love for autosports while he was preparing for a film about a decade prior, so it's interesting that his acting gave him the uh, ability to do that, and he was given lessons to prepare for that film role and found that he actually wasn't half bad at it. Well, Le Mans wasn't enough for old Paul either. He actually competed in another 24-hour race, the 24 Hours of Daytona. He became the oldest driver to participate on a winning team at 70 years old. I'll be lucky if they're still allowing me to drive when I'm 70, so uh, let alone compete in a sanctioned race. That's just incredible to me. Again, this may be old news for some listeners, though. In all fairness, Paul passed away in 2007, so I'm sure one of you may have stumbled on his Wikipedia or read a biography or even just knew all of what I'm spewing out right now. But most of you probably recognize Paul for something else. His likeness, his name, and his brand. In 1982, he founded the Newman's Own brand with writer A.E. Hotchner. And after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about that brand, but more importantly, the philanthropy surrounding that brand. Newman's own. 
bam, a picture of Pretty Boy Paul right on the label. Not sure how wide the brand's reach is, but in my neck of the woods, you can find it in almost every grocery store. I can't think of a time I didn't see his face on those jars or, or bottles. And funny enough, as a child, I was shocked to learn that he was an actor, too. Another pop culture reference for you. I felt like Doc Brown in reverse. Ronald Reagan? The actor? But yeah, for most of my childhood, I would have just sworn he was just some dude who made salad dressings. And eventually pasta sauces and other condiments. And I thought he just loved to put his picture on it. Well, another thing I didn't realize about the brand until I actually picked up a bottle and read the label. But all of the post-tax profits go directly to charity. So I don't know the strict definition here, but I guess it's a non-profit, right? All fine and good. Good image for Paul, and he likely has the money to do it, right? I think Paul shared a similar sentiment, at least tongue-in-cheek, evident in his memoir, Shameless Exploitation for the Pursuit of the Common Good. In addition to Newman's own brand, Paul set up the Hole in the Wall Gang Camp, named after the eponymous group from his film Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He started that a few years after the Newman's own line, and the camp was designed for seriously ill or terminally ill children to experience some recreational activities. Think like horseback riding, archery, fishing, arts and crafts, and all the such. And it was all free of charge to the child and their parents, and even their family. So think like a Ronald McDonald house, but more geared towards like a dude ranch. It almost feels like when, when I read it, but that's neither here nor there. I'm sure Paul was well aware that this could be viewed as good press or PR for him. But from what I can gather, this was really a sincere passion of his, and his generosity and kindness weren't meant to be a massive PR campaign. Even if it was, I don't know how likely someone today could keep up with that philanthropic image, especially with the ability to quick search everything and just Google anything. But again, neither here nor there. Either way, it was clear that Paul had many passions, and he never hesitated to explore or nurture them. What can we learn from all of this? One, money makes things easier. Joking, but not really. Two, passions can enable you to explore other passions. And three, it's okay to have multiple passions and nurture all of them. We're complex beings, we're complicated messes, whatever you want to call it. But that's all okay. Taking this even a step further... We don't have to be all-stars at one thing we do. We're allowed to be mediocre at multiple things. Despite the fact that Paul Newman was pretty much gifted with everything it seemed he did, and he had lots of positive traits and skills, but still, it's okay. It's okay to be mediocre at it. I think another noble avenue of all of this is Paul turned his passions into philanthropy. His salad dressing started when him and Hotchner made dressings for friends as gifts, they gave them out to people, and this kind of grew into a company that has given back reportedly over half a billion dollars since it founded. I mean, come on, if I could turn my homemade recipes into hits and I had millions of dollars, sure, it's easy to be generous. But you can always start on a smaller scale, too. You don't have to be a nonprofit to make a difference. If you own a business, you can find ways to contribute in your local community. You can take chances by employing a progressive hiring practice or Start a Roundup program where shoppers or consumers can donate through your business to other charities. All of these are in the spirit of giving back, and I think that's what at the root of what Newman's Own aims to do. I also wanted to take a second out of today's episode to thank our sponsor, Newman's Own. <laughs> Obviously, I'm kidding, but I realized this was starting to sound a little commercially. So I'll get off the soapbox now and stop reading like I'm a Newman's Own plant. I thought Paul Newman was just such an fascinating subject, and I wanted to use his bio 
as an opportunity to talk about exploring multiple passions or side hustles. I don't think many of us can be a race car driver, and I'm sure all of us, like the five-year-old versions of ourselves, would think that sounds sick. But we can all be something more than whatever we do for a living. Reading about Paul Newman inspired me to think about things a little differently. It made me think there's nothing wrong with being a a white-collar job while also being a guy who plays music, while also being a guy who makes a podcast. Well, I haven't figured out how to monetize any of my passions quite yet, but who knows what the future holds for any of us. So I guess in the spirit of today's episode, go and explore a new passion, see what becomes of it, even if you're not that great of it, but you know, Godspeed everyone and good luck. Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time.